What's going on everybody? Welcome back to People Playing Games, a show spotlighting awesome people doing awesome things in the world of games and entertainment. And happy 2019! I know it's been a really long time, but I'm so excited to be back making some new shows for you guys. And what a way to start the year. Today's guest is one of my favorite YouTubers out there right now, someone who you should definitely be paying attention to if you're at all interested in movies or TV or entertainment. He's got over 83,000 subscribers right now, and I have a feeling that number is going to grow pretty rapidly throughout the year. The host of Sean Chandler Talks About, Mr. Sean Chandler, how's it going, man? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Of course. So uh, for the folks that, for folks listening that uh, haven't seen what you do before, how would you sum up your channel? So basically, my channel is a place for people that like to talk about movies way too much, in particular people that are just unashamedly into big blockbusters, franchises, and I cover lots of things, but I mean, I, I you know, I just love the obvious stuff. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Steven Spielberg's probably my favorite director. Um, he's the obvious choice, and I'm, I'm fine with that. And um, so, yeah, I talk about Marvel movies a lot, Star Wars, all that fun stuff. And um, try and get people, uh, try and bait them in with the big stuff, and then try and introduce them to the smaller stuff. Awesome. And uh, what are some some recent projects of yours you'd like to shout out? Um. So uh, this weekend we've got Glass coming out. Uh, the M Night Shyamalan's kind of end to his Unbreakable trilogy, and so I've got some M Night Shyamalan things coming out this uh, week, as well as I'm talking about my entire Blu-ray collection. People have been asking me about that for a long time. So that's some stuff coming out right now. Um, January is normally a really slow month for movies, and so I was expecting this month to be kind of real dull for my channel, and it's turned out to be like still real vibrant. And there's you know this weekend Punisher season two is coming out so there's all these different things coming out that uh, i want to talk about but there's not enough time actually as it turns out of course that's always the thing there's never enough time and uh as we like to do here on people playing games of course this is a gaming show so i do like to get to know my guests kind of through their gaming history i know you have covered games a little bit on your channel i was just watching your review of spider-man ps4 uh, which was awesome so let's actually uh take it back to the beginning what's the first video game you ever played um so I don't really know, but I'll I can talk in generalities. So I'm 37. So the first place I played video games was on my family family's Apple IIe. Oh yeah. And so no hard drive. It was all disc based, uh, five and a quarter inch. And we had more games than this, but the three games I played were Murder in the Dark, which was this infuriating text based you had to write in walk down the hall but we didn't have the booklet to know what the commands were and you'd have to type in the right sentence so you'd have to like guess what how we were supposed to like try and figure out who murdered the person in the dark so murder in the dark chivalry and then of course the classic oregon trail those are kind of the three first games that i remember having at home and then in christmas 1989 we got a Nintendo Entertainment System with the, of course, classic Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt, and then we also got Super Mario Brothers 2 with it. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of my introduction to console gaming was right there. Uh, there you go. Awesome. Yeah, definitely definitely some, some good old school picks. And what would you say is your favorite game of all time? Of all time? I, I kind of hate picking favorites, but... So back in the 90s, I played... An excessively large amount of Warcraft 2. Okay. 
So I know a lot of people really got into StarCraft, Warcraft 3, World, no, no, Warcraft 2 uh, was the one that just happened to be where I played a ton of it, got really good at it, had, you know, some local tournaments and did really, I had a tournament where I was partnered up and uh, uh, I was doing okay, but my partner started to lose. And so we might've won the tournament uh, if he'd, if he'd been able to hold out a little bit longer. Um, so that was the one for me that just kind of ate up a ton of my time. And then jumping forward 10 years, uh, Call of Duty Mo- Modern War- Warfare, the first one, mm-hmm. that one was huge for me 10 years ago. It was just like the first time I played it, I was like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Like, how are they doing this? How does a video game look so real? Uh, that, that one was big. I guess back in the late 90s, Duke Nukem 3D, I played that one a ton. Yeah. It was right when Quake came out, and some people, it was kind of like, you had to choose between the two of them, were you a Quake person or Duke Nukem 3D? And I like just the quirkiness of Duke Nukem 3D. I, as a movie guy, Duke Nukem 3D has all the movie quotes, and <laughs> it's playing a lot more into, uh, obviously, action movie fun. And so that would naturally appeal to me a little bit more. Quake's a little bit too self-serious, and I didn't think it was as strong of a follow-up to, to Doom as it should have been. Right, right. I'm glad you touched on that because I, I wanted to talk to you specifically about kind of movie and superhero games since that's kind of your universe and I, f- I feel like it's they've had such a strange history i feel like there's way more bad yeah. way more bad movie games and way more bad uh, comic book games uh than there are good ones but i was kind of curious what what are some of the what are some of the kind of licensed games that you think are the best and some of the ones that really stood out as just being god-awful the games yeah on the game side um Obviously, so the one you just talked about, PlayStation, um, uh, Spider-Man, yeah. I just thought it was a great game. And then I, in a certain way, very closely in my mind associated with it would be the Batman Arkham games. They're very – in certain ways, very similar open world with our superhero. Um, you know, one, he's got the bat claw, and the other one, you got the web shooters swinging through the cities and everything like that. I think both of those just do a great job of giving you the experience that you want, which is being these heroes in these cities, being able to go around, find crime, while having the overarching um, story going along. So of recent years, those are some of the good ones that come to mind. Back in the day, the, all the Ninja Turtle games, the arcade games and everything were great. Uh, very memorable. Um, I think there was like three of them in a row that I just thought were fantastic. Um, uh, the original Nintendo Ninja Turtles game, that one wasn't so great. But then after that one, they, they got really good, especially the arcade game. Um, I'm just trying to think. Those are the ones that immediately come to mind. Definitely, no. Those are some great picks, especially Spider-Man and, and Arkham. I think Spider-Man is probably my favorite video game of 2018 uh, because that's the spider-man game we always deserve there were some decent right. ones you know there was spider-man 2 back in like 2004 and some okay ones in between but they finally nailed just that amazing sense of being able to swing around an open world and the story was actually really refreshing and well written i thought right and that's the thing with both both these series is, is that um the technology got to a point in time where you could have the full experience of these characters because there's been like fun uh, what was the the Batman game from like ten years ago, Rise of Sin Su or something? Yeah, it was based off Batman the animated series. That's a fun alley brawler game that with Batman in it. So I've had fun. I've played through that a bunch of times. But it's a brawler game with Batman. It's a brawler game with a Batman skin. It's not a Batman story. 
And we've gotten to that point in time where you can do an Arkham game where he's the detective. He's stopping muggers. He's stopping supervillains. He's doing all of it, and you can have cinematics that make for a great story, and you, of course, have the great voice talent uh, involved in it. And so we're at that point in time where just you can do just phenomenal things with video games and really feel like you're in those worlds. I mean, that's what, like with Spider-Man um, – I guess New York City, like you're you're swinging around New York City. And so I was with my kids actually trying to be like, hey, remember in this movie we just remember we just watched uh, uh, um, Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. Remember when (laughs) Evan went here? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. It's right here in the video game. And they're like starting to piece together, you know, my four and six year old New York City is a real place because I'm playing it in a video game. And that's incredible. Yeah, someone I, I live in New York, and I'm I was completely awestruck by uh, you know obviously they had to scale some things down, but it's still a pretty spot on recreation. So your your home is in the game. What's the uh, can I track it? Yeah. So <laughs> unfortunately, not my home specifically because I, uh, I, I live in Queens. So hopefully we get to go to Queens in the sequel. Uh, uh, Spi- gotcha. Spider Man's hometown. Uh, but just from you know obviously spending so much time in Manhattan, uh, just seeing the way they've recreate the landmarks like Empire State Building and um, Freedom Tower and things like that is just phenomenal. So definitely can't wait to see what those guys do next. Uh, but yeah, I wanted to uh, kind of switch gears and and kind of talk about the origin of your channel. Uh, these days, you know, you've got tons of followers. You've got, like I said, over 80,000 subscribers, but you've actually been doing this for, for quite a little while. So kind of what inspired you to start making YouTube videos uh, about movies and TV? Um, so I, I've just always been someone that has enjoyed movies, TVs, and creating things. Um, just, you know, going all the way back as a, as a kid, um, you know, we'd always, we have family movie nights. My sister and I would go to Star Trek conventions. Uh, so I was always, as soon as the internet came around, I found bulletin boards, I found comment sections, and I, for the last 20 years, have been the guy in other people's comment sections. When IMDB launched and they had comments on all the movies, I was in the comment, or was in the bulletin boards on IMDB, going literally back to, you know, 2001, 2002, and all these different websites, if you track me down well enough, you can find comments for me going back 20 years. Um, so that's just what I always did. But I've also been always been someone that likes to create things. In my free time, I would write stories. I'd create movies with my friends, create music with my friends. Uh, I've had blogs. I've done all these things. That's just what I naturally do is create things. And so going back to 2011, 2012, or yeah, 2011, I think, I started to, to find some of the now – famous YouTubers that talk about movies. So I think John Campy was one of the first ones that I saw, and I found him through Collider.com because he had this early program called For Your Consideration, and Steve Frosty Weintraub from Collider.com was one of the guests on there. And then a couple, like a year after this, John Campy converted that into Movie Talk, which was then purchased by Collider. I mean, there's a whole history mm. of all this stuff. But so I started watching all that stuff, and uh, kind of my history was um, in Church World Preacher Guy, and so I've public speaking, talking is what I started doing back in 2003. So mm-hmm. I start watching some of these guys and Chris Stuckman and then Jeremy Johns and Schmoes No and John Flickinger, all these people that are the famous guys out there. And I, I was thinking to myself, like, I could do that. And not, not totally out of arrogance, but like talking is <laughs> what I do. Right. And, and I like to create things. I've been doing video work in Adobe Premiere since like 2002. 
And so that's kind of what put the, the idea in my head, uh, especially watching some of them. I thought to myself, I'm a little bit more, uh, I'm a little bit better at some of this than you are. Because <laughs> that was my thought before I had to create a video. It's a lot easier to watch somebody go, I can do that. And so then if you watch my channel going back in, I believe May of 2013, I put a few videos up and it's literally just the webcam inside of my laptop at the time in front of a window. So like lighting's terrible. It's just a horrible picture. And the videos are still on my channel. Mm-hmm. And decided to try and review a few movies and had fun doing it, but because I was I was in Church World at the time, and that's just a it's an insane rat rat race all the time. I mean, it just moves so rapidly fast. Uh, it's emotional highs and lows constantly. So I tried to do some of these movie reviews, and I just didn't have the time. Yeah. And then six months later, I was like, I should try that again. I've got the equipment. I've got all this stuff. Let me try and do this. And so then, you know, you, six months after those initial videos, you find two, three more videos. And then, you know, life got busy again, so I stopped two weeks after I started. Six months later, I picked it back up. And um, I did that for a while. And then in uh, – I guess I did that for about three years. I kept starting and stopping every six months. Mm-hmm. And then in uh, summer of 2016, I resigned from Church World uh, on not good terms. I mean it was – I basically had a drinking problem. I was an alcoholic because the stress of Church World, um, mm-hmm. and I responded poorly to it. And so resigned from that, needed to get out of all that stress and get you – know, treat for, for myself, get my family and myself healthy again. And so I was unemployed for four months. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just sitting at home, and my wife and I went to go see the new Ghostbusters movie, uh, and the next day I was just thinking about how everyone was, you know, the internet was going crazy, like uh, one group of people, it's the worst movie ever made, the other group of people are like, you're only saying that because you're sexist, yep, I yep. mean, just screaming at each other, and I went to go see it, and I was like, uh, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an okay movie. It's not. It's not nearly worthy of either one of these responses. Right. Um. It's. It's just like okay. That was. That was good enough. Blockbuster corporate stuff. Uh, <laughs> like. And so I was like, just sitting there, and I was like, I guess I'll put a video up. Why not? Why not put another video on that channel that I haven't used for nine months or whatever? And so I posted that video. And I went. I still don't have a job. Why don't I start talking about the movie I saw a couple days ago, Independence Day Resurgence? And so I put that video out, and then Star Trek Beyond came out, and I. Decided, why don't I – I like those ranking videos or ranking articles. I hadn't seen a ranking video, but I'd seen articles on Collider.com where people rank movies. And so then I was like, what if I ranked all the Star Trek movies? And so I rank all the Star Trek movies. And my first five videos had gotten you know, 10 views. Three of them were my mother, two were my sister, and then four were me, and then one random person, whatever it was. And then I put out this Star Trek ranking, and in the first two weeks, it gets like 5,000 views. Mm-hmm. And I'd been doing blogging for five, six years. Right. And in five or six years, I'd had two articles get 5,000 views. And then I, then I put out five videos, and one of them gets 5,000 views. I was like, oh, there's video stuff. YouTube's awesome. You can actually find – like people can find your stuff on here. And so I that probably that Star Trek ranking, which is – like you can watch it now, and it's kind of funny to watch because it's so different from what I do now. But – um it was successful and I just went, Oh, there's, there's something here. Like I, I should actually kind of pay attention to this and just kind of decided to, to go all in on it and, uh, started reading some eBooks and taking some courses on how to do YouTube. Right. But for the first year, my channel didn't, didn't 
do anything that interesting. It took me nine months to get my first thousand subscribers, and that was with me like running hard, like mm-hmm. actively trying to grow, uh, building relationships, doing collaborations, doing what I could to try and grow it as fast as I could. Uh, with 15 years of video experience behind me, with 10 years of speaking experience behind me, it took a long time to get that first thousand subscribers. And um, then for you know the first even six months after my, my after that, it still wasn't didn't really take off. Um, so you know that's kind of my origins of just like anybody else. It was just a hobby I decided to take up. And from there, it's certainly blown up a lot and, and grown so much. Of course, I think very organically because you've been doing great stuff and kind of um, I think you found a good rhythm of of ranking videos and reviews. I was kind of curious about your process uh, in terms of how you get ideas for videos, how you decide which movies and shows to cover and, you know, things like what what deserves, you know, what franchise gets a a ranking list, which franchise are you going to review? What's kind of your your thought process when you're making a video? Um, So there's no single answer. Um, I'm kind of a very forward planner type person in a certain sense. I'm very fluid as things happen. I just kind of you shoot from the hip when it comes to actual execution and how things play out. But uh, like, so I took off a week, uh, week and a half from making videos just a week ago, like the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. I took basically the first ten days off, and what I did is I went through the entire year and I looked at what are all the movies coming out, and I went, um, I thought about. How do I create a cluster of videos around each big movie that comes out? Mm-hmm. And so uh, what, if that's like I'll rank the franchise and I'll rank the director associated with it. I'll rank the director of this new movie coming out, and it stars Tom Cruise, so then I'll give my top five favorite Tom Cruise movies. And so I just went through it like that and tried to come up with as many good ideas. And then if I had an, like a specific – movie that I came up with a clever idea for, I would go, okay, how do I apply that clever idea to all of these other franchises? And so then I just came up with more ideas uh, from that. And then I went, what were, what are kind of my big five categories of groups of people that watch my movies? So it's very much Marvel fans, DC fans, Star Wars fans, uh, the Office fans are a random one I discovered, horror (laughs) fans. So something like that, and then I just went, okay, every month I wanted to give something to each of my groups of fans. So what's one video that every single month there's definitely something for my horror fans? So, okay, what horror franchise have I not ranked? What horror franchises are putting out a movie with this one? When can I put out my top five favorite horror movies? Like, And so I mapped that out throughout the entire year, and this is just what I did the first week of this year. And I try, always try and think that way. And then I also – I just – I read almost all the comments, and I if people say, hey, you should rank this, if it's a good idea, I screen capture it, and I put it in a folder, and, I, and I'll say, that's a good idea. I'll put that on my list, and that's what I'll respond to people. I like that idea. I'm going to put it on my list, and I'll screen capture it, and when I remember to, I try and even credit people sometimes um, in the video uh, when I put some of those up, but uh, yeah, I mean it's just constantly – keeping track a gigantic list of potential ideas. Right. And so like uh, I've been wanting to do a series or starting a series of videos where I talk about unmade movies. Mm. So like there's – like with the Spider-Man franchise, James Cameron was going to make a Spider-Man movie. And we have – we have ideas of what the script was like. 
and we have concept art from it. There was going to be a Sam Raimi uh, fourth Spider-Man movie. There was going to be an Amazing Spider-Man 3. There was going to be a Sinister Six movie. There's all these Spider-Man movies that almost happened. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting video. But I've been sitting on that for a long time because I haven't felt like I've had the right moment where I needed that idea. Sure, sure. And so then I have all of these kind of things backlogged that I want to try and do. So that that's kind of what it's like. But then at the same time, you know, four days ago, they dropped the news that Christopher McQuarrie is going to come back to do two more Mission Impossible movies. Yep. And then I went, ha, I have a thought on that that's different from a lot of people. I'll make a video real quick. So it's it's a little bit of everything. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Definitely seems like it's good to always always have ideas ready, but also be ready to react to whatever's happening in the news. So I uh, so I actually discovered your channel uh, about this time last year. Uh, I think it was around the time Black Panther was coming out. Yep. And uh, which which seemed like it was a big moment for you in general. Uh, life changing. Yeah. It, and, I, and I mean that life changing. Absolutely. And and I wanted to talk about that exact moment and kind of you know what were some of the big milestones where you were like, wow, this channel is really something more than you know just a hobby. This is really becoming something special. Um. So. So to make to make it how clear and impactful all that was for me, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I uh, I was in church world for uh, about ten years. Went to Bible college, the whole deal. And so then when I resigned from a church, I've got a ten year resume and a college degree for working at churches. That's great. Mm-hmm. And I'm going. I don't want to go back to that. <laughs> I don't want to do that anymore. Um, that's that's not that doesn't that wasn't healthy for me or for my family on any level. And so then, what do you? I don't. I didn't know what to do. Um, and I knew I was probably possibly leaving church world even before things dramatically ended because of my my own personal issues and struggles. And I had been talking with a friend of mine, and he asked me like, if you could be what you want to be, like right now you get to decide what you want to do. What would you want to do? And I said, well, I would like to be like a content creator. Yeah. Just like putting my ideas out there. And at the time I was blogging, and so it's like if I could just write, maybe make videos, do like uh, itinerant speaking, um, and things like that. That to me seems like the life that I would want. And so that's what I said back about four years ago from from right now, back to 2014, 2015. Um, So 2016, I'm unemployed. I got a job delivering paint. I drive like right now to this day, I drive a truck delivering paint, Mm -hmm. uh, which is funny because it's as as blue collar of a job as you can have. Right. I mean, it is just uh, a, a totally normal job. And then in my corner of the internet, people are like, you're the greatest. Hey, you have of course. Subscribers. And, it's and, like having uh, two different lives almost. Yeah. And, and so then albeit uh, just a few days ago, uh, I told someone, yeah, I've got a YouTube channel. Like, oh, yeah, let me look this up real quick. And they're like, wait, you have 80,000 subscribers? Like, yeah, that's what I do in my free time. <laughs> just <laughs> um, a hobby. Yeah, it's just a hobby. And it's a, it's a very weird – and as soon as they discover that, they start – all they do is talk to me about movies. <laughs> so it also changes the dynamic of friendships. Of course. But so – um. Jump forward to fall of 2017, I had a friend contact me about uh, a social media job at a very large church in Denver, Colorado, like a very, very large church there, and went through a whole interview process. And it was like, this is while I'm delivering paint, and I was like, I guess maybe I'll do social media, like I do this YouTube thing, so I guess I have the resume to do a social media job, and it would have paid 
you know, twice as much as the the um, you know paint delivery job. Mm-hmm. But it also would have meant I probably would have had to stop doing YouTube mm. and started interviewing for it. And it was uh, it would have been like for my resume, it would have been great for like leaving when you leave church world because you're an alcoholic. Uh, that's not a great note to leave on it, uh, kind of uh, embarrassing as a person. And so, you know, for me, it was like, oh, I could, you know, get back and redeem myself through that. And but I didn't necessarily want to move up to Denver, uh, even though that's I, both my parents are from there. That's where my brother lives there. But my wife didn't necessarily want to uproot the family. So we're like, if that job was here in Austin, would we take it? We're like, well, well, yeah, probably. So then I started applying for other jobs in the Austin area. And got some some interviews at one of the most prominent churches in town uh, with a job that sounded really good. And then I found out who I'd be working with. I had several interviews, and I'd be working up with the higher-ups. So it was like, okay, I'd be working at a prestigious church. This would be great for my resume. Mm-hmm. Um, and this would be a, a whole bunch of things that look really good uh, for me and make me look really good. And um, right around the same time, my uh, Thor Ragnarok came out. And... I uh, put out my ranking for it, uh, all the Marvel movies, after it came out. And that ranking was the – up until this point in time my channel, my video with the most views had 22,000. Mm-hmm. I put out this Thor Ragnarok Marvel ranking video, and it gets over 100,000 views in the first 10 days. Yeah, wow. And then in the second week, it's at 200,000 views. And eventually it went on to get like 350,000 views. And so this video happens where I go, wait, this is real money. I mean, it's not you know crazy money. Like, it wasn't going to quit my job that day. Sure, sure. But it was, enough, it was enough to go, this is going somewhere. And so I've got these interviews. The, the job in Denver, actually, I didn't get it, but it was a good didn't get it. It was like, oh, okay, if that's what your job's like, if that's why you don't think I'm a good fit, I agree with you. Um, so it was a real good process, very healthy for me. And then the other job that was local in Austin uh, was still going great. And I'm just kind of – they're telling me, like, you're kind of overqualified for this position. Like, okay, that works for me. And then this video happens, and I have a conversation with my wife, and I go, do you want to go back to church world? She's like, I don't want to go back to church world. And I'm like, I don't want to go back to church mm. world. That that was bad for us. Yeah. Like why are my – and all my reasons for wanting to do it are it builds my resume and all these other reasons that are horrible reasons to go and go into church world. And this thing that I want to do, be a content creator, this is happening. Like, yeah. It, it, I'm not quitting my job, but that – the gap – because – Delivering paint wasn't quite making us enough money to pay the bills, but um, like so we were like heading towards the edge of a financial cliff, mm-hmm. depleting all the savings. And then this one video comes along, and we went, "This is making enough money to fill in the gap." Mm-hmm. Okay, Let, let's let's go with this. Let's see where this goes. Right. And so that was November 2017, and I turned down the job. Like I tell them, I'm I'm not going to keep pursuing this job. Yep. And then a week later, I get my first sponsorship for my channel. Uh, a month after that, my wife gets a big promotion, <laughs> and like dub- she doubles how much she's making at her job, which wow. she was she was only part time, and she went to full time. Okay. Uh, and so what you know wasn't like you know in, in the astronomical numbers, but for us where we were at, it was astronomical. Right. And right. And in the context of like I'm going to turn down a job for me that would make twice as much. In order to go out on this, what do you call it, a leap of faith, faith or whatever, for on this YouTube thing, it was huge for us. Of course, yeah. And, and so then, and then six weeks after that, 
Black Panther comes out. And uh, I put out my next Marvel ranking, and it does doesn't do as well as the previous one, but it does great compared mm. to average for my channel. And someone, back to your question before, someone had, had recommended that I rank all of the MCU villains. Yes, I think that so, I think that's the very first video of, of yours I watched. Uh -huh. Yeah, that and that's that is true of the largest percentage of my viewers. So. <laughs> This guy recommends I do this video, and I've been sitting on the idea for about four or five months, and I drop it the Tuesday after Black Panther comes out, and that video uh, that video has gone on to get over 900,000 views. Wow. And so that video takes off, and I went, okay, the obvious follow-up is to do the heroes. So then yes. the Saturday after that one, I did the heroes, and that video went on to get – 700,000 views or something like that. Mm -hmm. And those two videos are the two that on my channel that have the most views. So after Black Panther came out, I put out one MCU ranking that did great for my channel, but not astronomical numbers like these other two, and then the two videos that have these over 500,000 views. And so in the span, it took me it took me a year and a half to get my first 10,000 subscribers or it took me, no, it took me uh, almost two years to get my first 10,000 subscribers. And then I got my second 10,000 subscribers in a month. <laughs> like it was something like that. It was like, that's what the numbers look like. Right. And basically from November through July, it was just like 10,000 subscribers per month. Um, and I just, I pushed hard riding that wave of yeah. How do I look at what ideas are in there? Okay, let me do Star Wars villains. Okay, how do we – and try to just take every little thing that I could, to, every idea that I had. And then things slow um, – uh, yeah, so that, that's kind of where things started to change for me. It was like, okay, th this is uh, this is changing the equation for my family. And basically ever since November of last year, I've been trying to map out how to go full-time uh, on when to go full-time and all that stuff. And it, like right now, the plan that I've communicated to my current job delivering paint is that uh, I'm leaving at the beginning of April. Wow, yeah, that actually was going to be my next question. And, you know, it seems like you, you've touched on that on previous AMAs and previous videos. That's something you like to do. But, you know, it seems like you're you're more poised to do that uh, than ever. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, I, I've told my boss that. Like, right, just, right. just, you know, um, this is my plan. So, yeah, yeah I'm I, – you know, I don't. I don't want to go surprise anyone, and I'm not leaving for the competition or anything. Sure. So, and if they were to be like get mad at me and fire me because of this, I I would take that as a positive. Um, all right, I get to go full time doing this sooner. So, um, you know, I just wanted to do what felt like the right thing for me, which was tell them this is my intentions. And so we've got a, a couple questions that we have to iron out and figure out the specific details. But, um, you know, being that I talk about movies, you know. Uh, April through July is just the peak window of time of when the most big hit movies come out because you got a DC movie coming out in April, you have Endgame coming out in April, yep. and then you know May, June, July is summer movie season, and so um, you know I've got a nice reserve uh, from my YouTube money because um, with my wife's promotion that she got that I just mentioned, that kind of filled up the gap in how much money we needed to make and so almost everything i make off of youtube has been just surplus right and so um i've talked about it in some of my videos how i built a wall and so we did some home renovations for the sake of my youtube channel yep. and we replaced a fence and some stuff like that but beyond all that it's it's money that's just sitting there to create a, a reserve so that when i go full-time i'm not just you know jeopardizing my family's financial situation and then the first four months that i'd be launching there's no reason to think i would 
there be any trouble because summer movie season is when I will make a lot of money. Sure, <laughs> uh, of course. Compared to, compared to, like, I don't want anyone to get the idea that, like, I'm getting rich at, like, it's not like that at all. My, <laughs> my, my wife still needs her job for this to work. Right, right. Well, yeah, that definitely seems like the time to do it. But, you know, until that happens, you are kind of balancing a job and the channel uh, and, of course, your family and your, your children who have showed up in some videos and seem awesome and adorable. Uh, so do you find it a challenge to kind of balance those three things uh, in terms of, you know, going to work, spending time with the family and making sure the channel is you know, constantly producing new content? Um, I mean, I know that I'm supposed to say yes, but I don't really, I, there's not a way to say it doesn't make church world sound really bad, but church world was just such a grind, um, that it, it never turns off because I had to work office hours. And then all the people that in church world you're serving, they're at school and work during office hours. So all the time that you do stuff with them is after office hours. Mm. And so whether all the church functions, extra meetings, getting together with people, uh, obviously, uh, churches have something on Sundays on the weekends. And so it, it's just a grind. And um, some people can deal with the uh, – can carry other people's burdens uh, of when you know their secrets and you can just know that and turn it off when you go home. I'm not like that. Uh, like I really – I carry that and it weighs on me. And when you – like I had to deal with teenage suicides, a mm. secret suicides where people committed suicide at our church and oh my God. the people the people didn't know. Wow. Um, and, um, you know, tragic people dying in car accidents. And um, and so that's – for eight years, just kind of had a, a pretty hard run. Even for you know church world, we had a lot of tragedies that kind of happened in there, a little bit of church drama type stuff. And um, – I'm an introvert. Yeah. I'm not actually a people person. Um, if people think that I am because I'm high energy when I present things, mm -hmm. but in, in real life, uh, I get drained by people very quickly and I carry the weight of it. And so then being a, a pastor for eight years, just it, a lot of it just sucked the life out of me. When I would go to family functions, I, with, you know, my sister, my mother, whatever, uh, I would like take my laptop and I'd be working on things, or I would go and I'd basically just be venting about all the things, like negatively bringing my negative stuff to them because I had to process it somewhere and they were the safest place I could do that. Mm. And so, I just don't feel that now. Like, and that's what my mom says all the time. She's like, you just seem so happy and relaxed now, which is because other people look at me and they go, what? You've got a 40 hour a week job where you pick up heavy things all day long, go home, spend two hours playing with your kids and then shoot a video and spend hours editing it. Like, how aren't you right, tired all the time? Right. And, um, some of that just goes back to I'm just a person that I, I relax by creating things. Mm -hmm. And so I get energized by I just made this new video. I figured out how to do a new thing. Um, so and then naturally I like to watch movies. I like to talk about movies. So a lot of this is stuff that I, I naturally do. Right, right. And then and, and, and I just have to uh, – in another way, I have to give full credit to my current job, um, which uh, the, part of the reason that I'm able to do what I do is because of the, the – it's a job where I drive to a place, pick stuff up, and then I move on to the next job and pick stuff up, put it down, <laughs> drive to the next place. <laughs> and so um, – and then I go home at night, and I don't think about it. Like they never call me. I never have anything about work after I go home. It's just done. And so and, – and it's a dumb, dumb job. 
So my mind, I get home and I want to do something that uses my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and likewise, just the nature of my work, uh, I pick stuff up and I have to sit down and rest for five minutes. And so then I'll write my notes for that night's talk. And mm-hmm. then I drive to the next place, pick things up, have to rest for five minutes. And then I write a few more notes about tonight's talk. And so that, like I, I run at a pretty fast, hard pace. But it's a pace I like to run at. It's a pace I like to move at. Um, and it, for me, is not nearly as devastatingly exhausting as being in church world was for me. Great. Yeah, it's, it's, it definitely, it's awesome that you're able to, you know, be energized by what you do. And like you said, it comes natural. So it's, it's the kind of thing you look forward to doing at the end of the day. Yeah. So kind of looking back at your channel now that it's grown so much and you've, and you've done so much, are there any videos that you're particularly proud of uh that's a tough one um uh, uh <laughs> yes and no i like i don't have one that really stands out because it what like there's things that i've done that i've really enjoyed like i did uh uh somewhat to, related to what i mentioned before of i like to introduce people to things they didn't know mm-hmm. and be able to research things and put them out there so that's i mentioned before doing a series on uh movies that almost came out or movies that didn't happen. And so then I did a video on Marvel movies that people don't know about. Yeah. Trying to introduce them to some of these smaller films. And so I really enjoyed making that video, but by my editing standards of today, that video is is not up to par. Um, um and then I like some of the stuff I did in August of last year when I was first I took a uh I took an eight-week YouTube extensive mentoring training program when I realized, oh, this is going somewhere. I need to do it right. I need to figure out how to up my game, how to read analytics, and how to optimize for all of this fun stuff if I'm mm-hmm. actually trying to go full-time. And so then around th- that started to manifest itself in my videos in August. And um, so I changed my editing style to what it is now where I use a lot of these film reels. I, I occasionally cut into close-ups when I make deliver certain lines. Mm-hmm. I'm intentionally trying to use a lot more of my humor in my videos. Just a bunch of little things like that. I started doing that in August, and so those videos, uh, a lot of those ones that I'm just very proud of how quickly I was able to transition to something new, and it worked. And it became like, oh, wow, this is – this is what my style is going to look like now that I'm I'm actually getting good. I wish everything looked like this because <laughs> I, like, I still have videos that I put out in you know, summer of 2017. Um, or, 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 yeah, summer 2017, I put out some videos. They got like 5,000 views when I first posted them, which at the time I was like, 5,000 views? This is amazing. Of course. Jump, jump forward nine months. Black Panther takes off, and I get gain several – you know, tens of thousands of subscribers in three months and the YouTube algorithm, what it does is it goes, okay, they subscribed because he liked a Marvel thing and they watched a couple more Marvel things here. Let's start recommending old Marvel things to them. So then, you know, this Spider-Man video that I did in six months before I figured out how to do things right, it starts recommending that video to people. And so this video that got 5,000 views when it first came out has over 100,000 views now, mm-hmm. and it's a bad video. <laughs> like, it's, like, I would never make of this video – it has a five-minute long intro of me being like, you know, as I do this, you know, I'm talking about Peter Parker, and Peter Parker, he's a cool character, and I'm just rambling yeah. for five minutes before I start doing the ranking, and um, – so and so people comment on it like, why are you just talking for five minutes like this? I was like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't do that anymore. 
Yeah, I will say I've definitely, uh, just having followed your channel for the past year, I've definitely noticed the evolution in the editing, especially um, things like you said, like the film reels and the close-up. So that's super awesome to see. So you touched on this a little bit before, but I'm kind of curious uh, who who the people are that kind of inspire your channel, whether it's other creators or just people in your life, you know, who really, who, who inspires the work that you do? Uh, so if we were to do kind of like going back to the, the origins of it all, mm-hmm. Um, back in the, the mid nineties, I bought the final VHS release of star Wars. And at the beginning of it was a set of interviews between Leonard Maltin and, uh, George Lucas. Yep. And they're very famous interviews that anyone my age has seen these interviews because they had this VHS copy. I, I watched that VHS probably every day as a little kid. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so I uh, introduced to this guy named Leonard Maltin. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Uh, and then uh, like a year or two after this, uh, I'm on a youth retreat with some of my buddies, and someone pulls out this book that's four inches thick, and it's Leonard Maltin's movie guide. And went, Leonard Maltin? You mean that guy? And I look at the cover, and there's the guy from the George Lucas interviews, and it's a book that has him reviewing every movie ever. And so I just start flipping. Like, this is incredible, all these movies, because this is early days of the internet. You didn't have IMDb. You didn't have Wikipedia where you could discover all the movies in one place. And so this book to me was like, this is incredible. I can know all about movies. And so starting in 96, 97, I started buying every December. I got the new edition of the Leonard Malton Movie Guide, and I would read through it. Mm-hmm. And like uh, everyone else around my age, of course, watch Siskel and Ebert and um, had several of Ebert's books back in the day. And so Leonard Moulton and Roger Ebert were sort of where I first learned a language of talking about movies. And uh, that's that's where a lot of that started. And so um, jumping forward, uh, the thing that person that got me into real YouTube movie punditry was john campia and a big part of that was when i first watched his stuff i thought this guy thinks like i think and uh and i don't know if other people would think that i don't know if other people put that together but for me that's what when i first watched some of his stuff he reminded me of myself and um so he was a big one that actually kind of influenced me in a ways that i I don't think people would directly notice um and then as for in youtube in general uh the Person that I've gone to to learn about YouTube stuff is uh, Video Creators. The they've got a channel uh, website, VideoCreators.com. It's Tim Schmoyer is the guy behind it. And he's just a YouTube expert guy that um, uh, he's the one that I, I I latched onto, and he's the one that did this mentorship program that I did before and learn his strategies for YouTube stuff. That's where I, I've always gone and I've always used his stuff. And so whenever people ask me like, hey, where, how, where should I learn about YouTube stuff? I say video creators, that's what I use. That's the strategy thinking mentality that, that is driving what I do. Awesome. And, and on, on that same note, uh, my last question here for you, uh, what, what, what other advice would you give to you know, aspiring YouTubers and you know, people who maybe – stumbled onto your channel and thought, hey, I want to do that. You know, I want to talk about movies or games and kind of, you know, be a YouTuber. Uh, yeah, what advice do you have for those folks? I'd say just get started. Uh, the the first thing is you just have to start doing it because it's always uh, when it's an uh, should I do this? Uh, I think I would like that. I think you'd be good at it. Uh, you don't know until you start doing it and you don't start getting better until you start doing it. Like 
like I know for me, I couldn't have started sooner, but I wish I could have. Uh, I started basically as soon as my schedule freed up, um, and that that's and I started taking it seriously. That, that's when I did it. But yeah, start doing it, and if you really want to grow, you have to treat it like a job. You can't treat it like a hobby. If you treat it like a hobby, you will get the results of a hobby. If you treat it like a job, you'll get results more in line with a job. And so part of that is you have to do the stuff that's not very fun. You have to pay attention to analytics. You have to learn how YouTube works. Um, like for me, one of the things that has made my channel popular uh, is that I, I'm able to just accept that um, – my channel's going to dictate what I watch, and I'm mm-hmm. totally fine with that. Like, I don't feel like I'm missing out. I don't feel like I'm selling out, cheating myself. Like, no, like I, I'm watching more movies than I would normally watch, and uh, it just happens to be dictated by what what I'm going to be talking about in the near future. And I'm fine watching bad movies. I think it's healthy to, if you want to talk about movies, you have to watch bad movies and good movies. Mm-hmm. So in the last two weeks, I've watched all of the crappy M. Night Shyamalan movies. <laughs> I watched Lady in the Water, The Happening, Last Airbender, and After Earth, all in the span of five days. And I'm totally fine with that. And so you, you have to figure out what you're willing to do. And what like maybe that's not you. Maybe that sounds like torture to you. And you hate that. Well, then don't try and do what I'm doing. But figure out what you are willing to do. What are you willing to do that other people aren't willing to do? What are you good at doing that other people aren't as good at doing? And do those things. Awesome. Great advice. And I just want to say, Sean, thanks so much for being on the show. It has been an absolute blast and and super inspiring to hear your story. So before I let you go, where can people keep up with what you do? And uh, are there any upcoming projects you want to kind of tease uh, yeah, so you can find me on YouTube. Just search for Sean Chandler Talks About, and you'll either find a NFL football player or you'll find someone that's talking about movies. I'm the one that's talking <laughs> about movies. And uh, I'm on Twitter at KirkNeverDied.com. I wanted to throw one thing in there real quick. I, I said a bunch of things about leaving Church World. and fresh. I still attend the church that I worked at. I just wanted to clarify that just in case anyone's wondering. I'm still attending the church. It's not a cynicism towards the church. Just being on staff at a church was very unhealthy. Which I wanted to make sure I clarified that before I um, turned this off. Um, sure. As for future projects um, – you know, I don't have anything specific that's huge. Just every week, I'm talking movies. Whatever the new releases are, uh, I'll probably have a review for it if it's a big release, and I'll probably have some ranking related to it because um, I love to talk movies too much with the, all, all of you wonderful people. Awesome. That is definitely what it's all about, and definitely looking forward to see everything you do next. I have no doubt you'll be full-time in a few months. Uh, can't wait till you hit 100,000 and 200,000 and eventually a million subscribers. That's my uh, goal by the end of the year is 200,000. Oh, you'll, you'll get there. You'll definitely get there. I believe it. Um, but yeah, Sean, thanks again. And to everyone listening at home, of course, this has been People Playing Games, a show all about highlighting awesome creators and everyone doing great things in the worlds of games and entertainment. And you could find us, as always, on SoundCloud, on iTunes, pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. We'll be there. So keep on listening, keep on playing, and we will see you guys soon. Take care. Bye-bye.